Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. BirdWatchersGeneralStore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. And by Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 673. We'd like to start off by welcoming a new affiliate station to the Talking Birds family. Classical 90.9 WSCS in New London, New Hampshire. Airing the show on Sunday mornings at 7.30. Welcome, WSCS. Meanwhile, if you're listening live, you probably know that today, April 22nd, is Earth Day. The focus this year, as stated by the Earth Day Network, the group that coordinates thousands of Earth Day events around the world, is the effort to end plastic pollution. Around here, we think that's a wonderful focus, and it's certainly an enormous challenge. And we'll learn more about it when we welcome Earth Day Network President Kathleen Rogers as special guest on this morning's show. Meanwhile, we want to congratulate our latest and final Talking Birds Make Your Own Swag contest winner. And it's a family, Kevin and Wendy and Annalise Leonard from Lawrence, Kansas. For the photo collage of Kevin and Wendy's daughter, Annalise, proudly wearing her Talking Birds patch while she scans the skies for birds with her binoculars. Check out our Facebook page to see that beautiful collage. By the way, Kevin says that although Annalise is just two and a half years old, she loves birds and bird watching. Kevin says that birding is definitely a family affair in their household and that Annalise joins in whenever he and his wife, Wendy, go out birding. And he says that Annalise can already correctly identify cardinals, blue jays, chickadees, woodpeckers, gulls, crows, geese, hummingbirds, hawks, owls, and her favorite turkey vultures, which she calls teeter-totters because of how they fly. We'll be sending the Leonard family a Birdscape's pop-up song display book with stereo recordings of dozens of favorite bird species, and they're eligible, as is everyone who has sent us a swag photo for the grand prize, a Celestron Hummingbird Micro Spotting Scope. We'll announce the grand prize winner near the end of today's show. Here's a little preview of our mystery bird contest coming along later in the show. Our mystery bird is a small, dusky, olive green songbird with a faintly streaked chest, yellow under the tail, and a little bit of orange on the top of its head. But good luck seeing the orange part. Our bird, which winters from the southern U.S. down into the tropics, is pretty common and widespread in the west, but seen less often in most of the East. little preview of our mystery bird contest, and as uh, usual, at least in the last while, we've had a big batch of prizes here, starting with the Droll Yankees Window Mount Songbird Feeder with a unique songbird and blueberries design, and most importantly, a clear view of the birds right at your window. It holds two cups of seed or fruit or mealworms. Plus, we have a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app. 
That's the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. Plus, Audubon Park, no waste, wild bird food, a five-pound sack. That's the uh, no-waste blend in which the seed hulls are removed to keep the uh, feeding area super clean. That's kind of cool. And those are our prizes for the Mystery Bird Contest uh, coming along in just a little bit. Meanwhile... Extra, extra, read all about it. Some of the stories and videos we have for you on our Facebook page this week. Ever wonder what your favorite bird would look like as a sports team logo? A graphic designer in Florida wondered just that, and he created some interesting possibilities. We'll connect you to a Baltimore Sun article about it on our page. And it's not just for Orioles, Marlins, and Rays fans. Well, do you love the dazzling display of the male red-winged blackbird? Well, our friends at the Cornell Lab of Ornithology have created a sweet video of the action, along with more interesting things to know about these spectacular and social birds. We'll connect you right to that video. And we happened to be on the campus of Harvard Business School in Boston last week, and we're thrilled to see that scattered at various locations all around campus were arrays of waste collection bins. Not just trash bins, and not just trash and recycling bins, but also compost bins for disposal of organic items, as well as some kinds of paper and the compostable plates and cups they provide in their dining halls and cafes. Harvard Business School doing well and doing good. See a picture of those bins on our page. That's some of what we have for you on our Facebook page right now. Don't forget, you can also find those stories through an online search if you're not a Facebook follower. Meanwhile, as always, we are really grateful and very thrilled to have more Talking Birds ambassadors signing up this week. And we'd like to say thank you to Colleen W. from Columbus, Ohio. Thank you, Colleen, for your kind comments about the show and for binge listening a bunch of our past programs and, of course, for becoming a Talking Birds ambassador. Thank you to Steve R. from Portland, Oregon who also says he's binge listening to past shows while he's on the road. Steve has also asked for one of our Talking Birds patches, and we'll be zipping one right out to him. Thank you, Steve. And thanks to Drew Algava from Rehoboth, Massachusetts. Drew is one of our youngest ambassadors. He's 10 years old, and he's planning to hand out Talking Birds cards to his friends and his teachers and to administrators at his school. Thank you, Drew. Well, Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join Drew and Steve and Colleen by becoming a Talking Birds ambassador. Just hand out some of our info cards to your friends and associates to spread the word about our show and about birds and conservation. As we always say, because it's true, it's easy to do and easy to sign up for. Just click on the contact button at Talking Birds dot com and choose the become an ambassador option that's the become an ambassador option via the contact button at talkingbirds.com no g in talking still to come on our show today earth day 2018 kathleen rogers the president of the earth day network will be with us plus we'll catch up with our man mike o'connor in our let's ask mike segment catching up on hummingbirds ruby-throated hummingbirds moving north 
And up next, another beautiful migrant from down south that lots of folks up north are hoping to see very soon is our featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Some folks say that this bird's name rhymes with the English word ruler. Like folks here in New England who buy diamonds and things from a guy who's known as a jeweler. And other folks agree that the second syllable is where to place the emphasis when pronouncing the name of this beautiful bird loved by both laddies and lasses. But experts say the bird's name really rhymes with barrela, as in a barrel of laughs, while many just like to enjoy it and capture it in photographs. Well, enough doggerel about a bird whose name is pronounced, say the etymologists, parala, as in northern parala, today's featured feathered friend. It's a small songbird, a warbler, with a blue-gray hood and wings, white crescents above and below the eyes, a green back, two white wing bars, and a yellow chest with, in the male only, a black and reddish band across it. The breeding range of the northern parala, which winters in Central America in the Caribbean, extends through most of the eastern half of the U.S. and southeast Canada. But curiously, there's a wide swath through the upper Midwest where they don't breed at all. Explanations for this include changes in habitat or air pollution, which has limited the growth of epiphytes on trees that the birds depend on for nesting. It's the northern parula, but you can say parula if you think it sounds cooler. Scientific name, Cetophaga americana, or Cetophaga americana. Today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend. Welcome again to our show, number 673. As always, we'd like to invite you to visit our website, uh, we like it, TalkingBirds.com, and uh, by all means, we hope you'll follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Talking Birds. Kathleen Rogers is the president of the Earth Day Network, which coordinates thousands of Earth Day efforts around the world, now involving more than a billion people in nearly 200 countries, if we're up to date on that. And she joins us here on Earth Day 2018 to talk about Earth Day and this year's focus. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thanks so much for uh, taking time to uh, be with us on this very important day. I think most people know about Earth Day. It's been around for quite a long time, but I wonder if you'd give us a little background, uh, Kathleen, on how it, how it came about and how the Earth Day Network also came about. Well, in the late 60s, it became apparent that 150 years of industrial development had not only given us modern life, uh, but had also created enormous uh, residues and of pollution, toxics, pesticides, uh, rivers on fire, oil spills. And a young senator from Wisconsin, uh, Gaylord Nelson, and a young guy named Dennis Hayes together created Earth Day, which originally started as a teach-in on college campuses, but turned out to be such a great idea that 20 million people 
came out on the streets, and that remains still the largest ever in world history civic engagement event um, that humans have ever have ever engaged in. So it remains a, a giant landmark event, and since then it's grown. Um, we are all over the world, and our organization came out of that first Earth Day. And although we uh, work year-round on wildlife species and plastics um, and environmental literacy, our big, big focus every year is Earth Day and bringing more and more people into the movement. Well, you mentioned the word plastics, and uh, that leads us right into uh, this year's theme and uh, this year's, well, starting goal anyway, end plastic pollution. Tell us about that, Kathleen. I know it is an enormous problem. Yes, and, uh, you know, that is a, it's, plastics is a very useful product. So we're not condemning uh, the, the uh, utility of it. it mm-hmm. It's really been terrific, whether it's in medical devices or um, I'm talking to you on a phone, which is wrapped in plastic. Mm-hmm. But it is made out of toxic materials. It's made out of fossil fuels and lots of other um, chemicals and uh, minerals that are not healthy for humans. And as it breaks down in the natural environment and almost every single piece of plastic that was ever created um, decades and decades ago is still in the landfill in our water and so many many groups have been working on plastic for years but over the last four or five years some of the science has come in and we believe whether it's you're in southeast asia uh, or concerned about fishing or farming or your drinking water you really have to take a stand against plastics and I think a couple of things. One is, um, if we, we're a very um, intrepid and creative uh, group of people in the United States, and there's a great opportunity that's going on, not just in garages and labs and around the world, um, to create uh, an alternative that isn't made out of fossil fuels, that doesn't have um, 40 or 50 other chemical compounds in it, and it just isn't good for our health. So we are amplifiers of that issue, and really I think we're starting to see a wave of concern, and it's up there um, as a major problem, like cancer was. It's mm-hmm. it's growing awareness and, and the difficulty of giving it up, uh, but we are moving along at a much faster pace than I thought we would. What's happening with technology in ocean cleanups? I know there's, uh, for example, something called the sea bin project that involves basically a I guess a floating rubbish bin that scoops up uh, trash in the water around marinas and commercial ports uh, what else is out there that might help well literally every day I guess because I'm focused on plastics I'm seeing great uh, new projects research uh, and products that are coming out to deal with plastics it isn't really the issue of big pieces of plastics, although they are awful to look at. It's what happens to them when they break down. They break down and they mimic estrogen, for example, which compromises our reproductive systems. And so we're going after technology that deals with microplastics because that's really the big problem, despite the fact that you know big pieces of plastic are an eyesore. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to go after the small ones. So I've seen recently, for example, I think it was an MIT study that showed uh, by mistake some laboratory had developed a an organic um, and uh, biodegradable enzyme that will actually eat plastic and turn it into something else. Mm. So there are inventions and um, ideas that are out there every day, and trust me, someone's going to make a lot of money. <laughs> doing well by doing good again. 
Exactly. Well, Earth Day Network is also, as I understand it, Kathleen created a petition aimed at world leaders uh, and national governments around the world to take action. What can you tell us uh, briefly about that? Well, I think, you know, we use a petition because we, A, can um, talk to people and get them to sort of put their name on the line. But we also know that the more people that sign on to these petitions, ours or someone else's, really has an impact on global leaders. They respond to their constituents. Even if you're in a country where you don't have democracy, they still respond because mm-hmm. they're human. And so we like to get as many names as we can collected and, you know, submit them to global leaders. There is a treaty on plastics that's been sort of sitting on the shelf for years. And part of our petition is about focusing people on getting that off the shelf and into the hands of world leaders so they can have a debate about how this would work. Uh, But eventually, whether it's in the next year or two or ten, we'll see dramatic changes in the use and production of plastic. On the other hand, um, as we speak, there are factories going up along the fracking lines of natural gas because natural gas is good for making plastic. A Chinese company just opened a large straw-making facility, I think, in Indiana. Um, and so, obviously, corporations and industry haven't quite gotten the message, but they I, we're hopeful that those job-producing factories will, in turn, be able to use some other product that's not going to kill us all and um, still keep those jobs and and create a new industry. So we're pretty optimistic, but the petition is is very much integrated into that. And without people standing up, we just won't make change. Kathleen Rogers is the president of Earth Day Network, coordinating Earth Day efforts around the world now involving more than a billion people. Website is certainly uh, worth visiting here on Earth Day and all year round as the work uh, continues all year round. It's an easy one to remember, earthday.org. That's earthday.org. Thanks for being with us, Kathleen, and good luck with your great work. Thank you so much for having me. Up next here is our Mystery Bird Contest in just one minute. Talking Birds, we're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about birds and conservation. My name is Billy Cantwell, and I'm calling from Knoxville, Tennessee. I became a Talking Birds ambassador because I've always loved sharing my passion for birds with others. So this was just a natural progression for me. Don't miss an episode because there's always something new to learn and it's always interesting. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a Talking Birds ambassador. Just visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. Click on the contact button and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. We'll send you some info cards to hand out to your friends and neighbors. That's the contact button at TalkingBirds.com. And thanks. That is the sound of our mystery bird. And this is our mystery bird contest. It's sponsored by Audubon Park Wild Bird Food. Look for Audubon Park next time you're buying food for your backyard birds. Don't forget, if you're not hearing our Sunday morning show live, there's a way to do that. Just go online and uh, find us there. Just go to TalkingBirds.com. I think it's the easiest way to do it. There's a listen button there, and it's quite easy to uh, get the show live online. Clues for our mystery bird. It's a small, dusky, olive green songbird with a faintly streaked chest 
yellow under the tail and a little bit of orange on the top of its head, although not so much that you'd really notice it, generally speaking. Our bird, which winters from the southern U.S. down into the tropics, is common and widespread in the west, but is seen less often in most of the east. Here's our prize package. The Droll Yankees window mount songbird feeder. It gives you a clear view of the birds right at your window. Sticks on there with little suction cups, which really do grip, in case you were skeptical about that. Plus, an Audubon Park no-waste five-pound wild bird food sack in which the seed hulls are removed to keep the feeding area under your feeder super clean. Plus, a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app, the app that makes uh, learning bird sounds a game is is what that is what that does and those are our prizes and those are the clues and you're hearing our mystery bird right there and here's the number to call as always we urge you to call as soon as possible so we'll have time to uh, actually conduct our mystery bird contest 781-837-4900 is the number that's 781-837-4900 meanwhile how about uh, hummingbirds especially ruby throats uh, heading up Getting across the Gulf of Mexico, flying on the backs of geese. No, just kidding. That was a myth many years ago, maybe not that many years ago, about how they crossed uh, the Gulf of Mexico. Anyway, we're going to check in with Mike O'Connor. It's Let's Ask Mike live in just one minute. It's spring bird feeding time. Are your feeders ready? Spring migrants are arriving and your backyard birds are hungry for nutritious food for breeding season. And Audubon Park, celebrating 60 years as a family-owned business providing food safety certified products, has the perfect food for the birds in your backyard. Find great spring feeding reminders online at audubonpark.com. That's audubonpark.com. And be sure to look for Audubon Park wild bird food next time you're buying food for your backyard birds. Now, a word from our friends at Birdwatching Magazine. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching Magazine has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Whether you enjoy birds in your own backyard or far afield, you'll find information in every issue to help you find, track, identify, and understand birds. Regular contributors include Ken Kaufman, David Sibley, Pete Dunn, Laura Erickson, and other birding experts. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. Down to beautiful Cape Cod, Massachusetts, where the sun always shines, and I think spring has arrived, but have the hummingbirds arrived? Let's find out with Mike O'Connor at the famous Birdwatcher's General Store, Route 6A, Orleans, uh, Massachusetts. Good morning, Mike. Oh, good morning, Ray. Yep, yep. The hummingbirds have arrived. I got wow. several reports from customers mm-hmm. um, right in the nearby town of Brewster, and the hummingbirds are being reported by several people, and... Um, it's exciting. It's an exciting yeah. time. It's one of the backyard birds that people look forward to, and they've been gone for quite a while. And if you check the range maps, is that range map, I think it's like hummingbird.net or something like that. And they've been plotting them, and they start in February, and they mm-hmm. push up along the right through the country, and they're heading our way. And um, according to that website, there's a few have already arrived in Maine, if you can believe wow. it. And mm-hmm. and it seems to be getting early. I know we used to look forward to them at the very end of April. Now it's mid-April when the birds are showing up. Mm-hmm. So people who traditionally like to track hummingbirds, uh, now is the time to give it a shot. Now the, the bulk of them haven't shown up, but there's a few early arrivals, and they're usually males. The males seem to come earlier, so that's kind of cool because a lot of people complain, I only get the dull birds. Well, this is when the pretty <laughs> ones are here. The males are come, come through first, so get your feeder out 
now um, it's that traditional four parts water to one part sugar in your hummingbird feeder. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not going to get a lot of them right now because you just get the migrants, the birds that may have nested in your yard last summer haven't probably haven't come through yet but these are birds heading to, up to canada but they would appreciate a feeder but the key is and don't lose sight of this is you put out a feeder and you don't get a lot of action don't forget about it you still need to change it just like you do in the summertime because if the food's no good then the birds will pass up and they won't return on the way south but if it's a nice active feeding place then on the way south they'll be they'll check it out again i think you said the big bulk of uh, uh ruby throats now maybe uh north carolina new jersey delaware is that that about right yeah 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 that's it they come in they, they come in waves and they they follow the flowers but interesting they also follow sap suckers you know the, um, they can't always depend on the flowers but they, they go to trees that with the sap oozes out sometimes and we've had a lot of storms and the birds will appreciate this maybe that's one of the reasons why they're coming through earlier is because the, the sap uh, oozes out of the trees, but traditionally they'll follow with the the, the sap sucker wells with the, the sap suckers drilling the trees and the sap oozes out. And these guys, the hummingbirds, come over and not only eat the sap, but they pick off any insects that happen to be attracted to the sap. So yeah, the Carolinas got them now, but we're getting them a few here and there. So get those feeders out. Get them out there and don't just see those dull ones. Get the color ones. And color, <laughs> colorful Happy ones. Happy Earth Day, Ray. Happy Earth Day to you, Mike. All right, Mike O'Connor, the Bird Watchers, General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. We're back here at the Mystery Bird Contest trying to identify this mystery bird here, a small, dusky, olive-green songbird with a faintly streaked chest, yellow under the tail, and a bit of orange on the top of its head, which is pretty hard to see, and I guess almost impossible to see most of the time. Our bird, which winters from the southern U.S. down into the tropics, common and widespread in the west, seen less often in most of the east, uh, what do you think it is? Tell us definitively, and you'll win a beautiful prize package from Droll Yankees and Audubon Park and Larkwire. Um, but even if you don't get the right answer, that's what makes this contest kind of special. You can get the wrong answer and still win if uh, nobody else kind of gets the right answer. It's that kind of thing. A little drawing. Tim McKenney's in charge of that. 781-837-4900 is the number, and I think we have John in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, good morning, John. Hello, John. Good morning, Ray. Good morning. Nice to hear from you, John, from down there in in Columbia, which is whereabouts in South Carolina. It's right almost smack dab in the middle of the state. The state capital. Right in the middle, the capital of South Carolina, the Palmetto State, right? That's it. All right. You're right on. What about our uh, mystery bird? We don't want to forget about that. What do you uh, you say, John? (laughs) Well, it sounded to me like a pine warbler. Yeah. Let me check uh, my papers here. Uh, That's a good no, sign. <laughs> uh, not a pine warbler. No, but a, a top quality guess. And I've ruined all That's my nice, papers right. here now. I bet you have. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, John. All right. Not a pine warbler. What do you say it is? 781-837-4900 is the number to call. Let's, uh, we have Rich, I think, in Abington, Massachusetts. Good morning, Rich. Good morning. Good morning. I think I think it's a yellow-tailed thrush. A yellow-tailed thrush. Have you ever seen one of those, Tim? No, I haven't either. Rich, thank you for that guess, and try us again. I will. All right. Okay. okay. All right. 781-837-4900 is the number. We have uh, uh, Julie. She's in Rockland, Massachusetts. Good morning, Julie. 
Good morning, Ray. How are you? I'm well, thank you. What a beautiful day here in the Massachusetts South Shore. It is. Absolutely gorgeous. So, uh, let's see. What do you say, Julie, on the mystery bird? I'm guessing a western tanager. Western tanager, Tim. Tim is... Oh, Oh, okay. Apparently that is not correct either. Not exactly correct. No. Okay. Thank you, uh, Julie. Thank you. Okay. John in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, was closest with the... uh, guess this morning but not exactly correct and we might have to uh, as they say flip the cards and um and choose a winner and uh, tim is uh, pointing to uh john from columbia south carolina who's our winner kind of by um you know by our drawing i was going to say by default but it was better than that because he, he was pretty close it is a warbler and the uh, the uh, correct identification is Orange-crowned warbler. Orange-crowned warbler was our mystery bird. So, John, will be sending you that beautiful batch of prizes. Uh, let's see. We were going to... Uh, uh, I'll tell you what. Next week, we'll announce, because I don't think we have it uh, figured out yet, our grand prize winner in our um, Make Your Own Swag contest. We will announce it on next week's show. Also next week, our own Debbie Bleacher will be here with the Science Corner. See you next week. <laughs> Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. For Lean's Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean, inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron, offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. And by Birds and Beans Shade Grown Bird Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com.